Hello, my fellow movie fans, and welcome to another show of Feast of Films Theatre. Today, starring Matthew Black and Ethan R. Hill. There, that's the intro. Oh, yeah. Classic. Classic. What's going on, my fellow movie fans? Welcome to another episode of A Feast of Films. This is episode 19. I'm your host, Matt Black, and with me, as always, is... Ethan R. Hill, again, here I am, late at night. You are here. Crazy. <laughs> you are here, my buddy. What's going on? It's, you know, it's, you know, just uh, another day, another day off, just doing things and trying to be productive. And Another day, another dollar. Trying not to go crazy watching. <laughs> another what's day, going no on. dollar. <laughs> I mean, I, I get paid just like, you know, on the days I work. Yeah. I get paid by the government. Fun times. Okay. I've just been spending the last few days trying not to go crazy watching what's going on down uh, in the States. Yeah, so the elections, kind of... the elections. And like, it's kind of like at the end of the day, I just want to know. I just want to know what's happening. I just want to know what I need to prepare for. And, and that's it. Like, yeah, <laughs> and most likely, like, let's be honest here, most likely, at the end of the day, uh, by the time this episode gets released, we may know. <laughs> we may know, and you're listening to old footage of our concerns, but... You know, I it, hope so. It, it's been it's been a crazy election. Like honestly, like and what's going on right now? Like if you're on Twitter, you're like, oh my god, like people are losing their minds. Like and and feel like as Canadians, like we're tense about it. As Canadians, we're like anticipating what's happening. I'm like, as an American, I can't even imagine. Like they must be like cats stuck in bags, like just going crazy, just losing it, waiting to see what's gonna happen. And like I feel like I feel like. I want to agree with you and believe you that we'll know by Monday, but like, I don't, I don't know if we will. I, I don't think, know. I think the votes will be counted by Monday. I, uh, what happens after that is anybody's guess. <laughs> that That's all I'm going to say. Monday may be a whole different ball game. We don't know. We have no idea, but welcome you know, to 2020 the, gang. Yeah, it's pretty the year much, of question like, marks. If you've been absent for the last year, welcome to 2020. We've got a <laughs> pandemic and, you know, a crazy election going on and, you know, some other crazy stuff all the time. <laughs> There's just... no movies. It's sad time. What a time to create a... Actually, that's like the funniest thing and that'll... We'll come back to that at the end of the episode. But <laughs> what a funny time to start a movie podcast when there's no, <laughs> there's no new movies to talk about. Oh, I, mean, like, I just thought about premise... that right now. At least the premise of our podcast was like to go back in time and talk about movies. Well, like, it's not like we had much of a choice. <laughs> well, exactly. We got, but like, and we're at the 10 year mark. We're at, we're at 2010. We're at the yeah. 10 year anniversary right before, uh, right before we forced... go in, go into the 2009s. I've been thinking about this and I'm really actually concerned. Early's. I'm really concerned about like the 2000s because like I'm trying to think of like, movies that i watched and like i know i did but like i can think of more 90s movies that i watched in theaters than i can from like 2001 to 2009 i think it's gonna be one of those things we talked about a couple episodes ago where it's like you're going to remember when you see the film names you're gonna be like oh that came out that year because honestly i think once we get on the other side of the mcu like on the other side of 2008 we're, we're pretty much there right now right so yeah. anything beyond this it's like there's no like in the marvel timeline 
you can kind of track when you've watched things around those movies, right? Like you kind of have an idea, but once that's gone now, it's going to be anyone's guess what movies came out. Like even in 2010, I was like, what this movie came out like, Oh yeah. It's going to be a really, and that's kind of what I'm most excited about. Cause I don't remember what came out, what years, and it's going to be a a fun trip down memory lane at the end of the day. So I'm excited for it. Until we get to 2005, 2002, and, two, and 1999, then we'll be like, oh, Star Wars again, anyone? <laughs> We're back to Star Wars, baby. We're back to Star Wars. But for and- now, uh, we're talking about the 2000 film, not 2000 films. We're talking about the best films at 2010 today. We got the questions of the day coming up at the end of this episode. And just a quick reminder, you can also find our podcast on other apps if you're watching on YouTube. There's other options if you just want to listen to it at the gym. I mean, I don't know why we're not very inspiring. Like, you know, give, drop, give me 20. Come on, you could do it. You could do it. There's well, your little some, bit of inspirational gym bit. But uh, I'd like Google Podcasts, people... Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other apps. I just want to throw those out there because you have options. There's options. I'd like to say that we'd be the thing that exercises people people's minds. But, like, I don't really know if, like, movie discussion really really does as much as it's just a lot of us bsing half the time yeah probably like depends what we're talking about like if we're talking about arnold schwarzenegger maybe it will like inspire you to like push a little harder you know do that one more rep the the mental exercise for us is try to understand what we're talking about half the time yeah um where conversations are going if people want we can record an hour special of us just like encouraging people during a workout like just like yeah good job yeah one more rep and like (laughs) welcome to a feast of films this is our special workout edition a feast of fitness oh yeah there we go there's a new podcast yeah eat that salad where where ethan and i talk about fitness And we could do a feast of food, which is the obvious one. Oh man, that actually probably sounds like a better podcast. How many people do you think? Tu- how many people do you think tune in thinking like we're gonna talk about food from movies, and then like they just hmm. go like that has nothing to do with anything. So they just leave. They're like, I'm out. I don't know. I mean, I could, maybe, maybe an episode one day we could talk about like our favorite uh, favorite foods that we would like to try from a movie. Yeah, animated pizza, man. That's always on the top of my list. Why is the cheese runny? I don't know, but it looks so gooey and delicious, and I love it. And that's what I want to try. It's some animated pizza, man. (laughs) When you look at it, you can taste it, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Just like all the cheese, like just a fountain of cheese. Oh, man. But but you've never had food that tastes like how you think animated pizza tastes like, right? No, no, that's why I want to taste it. As long as I'm not the only one who's had that. Same thing with sandwiches from from movies and from from, from cartoons. Like animated food in general just looks bizarre, and I love it, and I want to eat it. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's animated. Well, the only solution is to become animated myself. That is that is my next scientific project. I will be turning into a cartoon. Hey, we're halfway there. Oh, you, I was gonna say you already got a head, an animated head. So you just gotta draw the rest, and you'll be good to go. You can I'm too self-conscious. Animated pizza you want. Well, you can draw any body you want to. Forget exercise. Just draw yourself a ripped body. I've always, I've always said that for Halloween. Like, if I need to, like, have a shirtless costume, I just draw the yeah. abs on. Yeah. It doesn't work. That's not how abs work. <laughs> That's not how abs work. Come on, man. Come on. 
Yeah, no, no, it's all good. So, what have you watched this week? Before we get into the 2010s here, I'm just, uh, I'm just curious. Have you, uh, did you uh, see the Mandalorian? I mean, I know oh, the yeah, Mandalorian yeah, yeah, episode two or episode technically, I guess it's like chapter ten, whatever, will be out when this comes out. So we're still yeah. on the week before. But uh, what'd you think of the, you know, season two opener? Like, my god. Well, I mean, like, do we like? I don't think we want to get into spoilers or anything. No, like no, that. no, not too many spoilers. Not too many spoilers. Like, honestly i i'm still on board i'm very happy with the way it went and i like i i predicted what was gonna happen for a lot of the stuff like like obviously not to the extent of just like the minor story parts but like the big the spoilery things that i'm not gonna talk about yeah i knew that's how it was gonna play out and i'm okay with it like i'm on board for that even though i kind of called it i'm like 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 hey it's what i expected i'm on board great Mm -hmm. like I think Baby Yoda was just as good. The puppet was even better, it almost looked like. Yeah, he definitely got um, an upgrade. A little bit of improvements. But the overall, the story seems just as good. I'm very, very much fine with this adventure of the week meets overarching thing. I think that's that's yeah the best way they could continue going forward. And man, honestly, I was I was sold by the time season one ended. I was like, I'm on board. And then I saw a season two trailer and I'm like, I'm really on board. Leo, you got me. You got me. No, I like, yeah, like I'm on the one hand, I want to wait until all episodes air and then binge it. Yeah. But on the other hand, I want to watch it week to week. (laughs) You don't want to miss out. No, I, man, I was, like, I really enjoyed season one. It was very enjoy, like, it was so good. Like, Baby Yoda just brought so much warmth to my heart. And listen, maybe I'm a little biased, because, like, we just had our baby, right? And, like, he totally reminded me of Baby Yoda. I'm like, I got my own little Baby Yoda here while I'm watching Mandalorian. It was great. So maybe I was, like, a little bit more biased, but... Uh, I really enjoyed season one and season two. It's like you're you're going into a new season. You don't know. Are they going to be able to keep the theme? Are they being able to keep like the magic that made it so special? And they did so far. Yeah. And and they knocked it out of the park. Like that was such a good season opener. I thought it was going to be more like the season one opener where it's a bit more like chill. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) maybe they they have a thing at the end, but like other than that, it's like pretty chill. It's like, no, they just they started off with a bang. They ended with a big bang. And I was going to say, if you're a fan of Boba Fett, you're just going to be super excited about this episode. Like, it's 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 a lot of fun. Uh, I love seeing, like, Timothy Oliphant in that, too. Oh, he was um, great. And he's, he's another character he's who I awesome want to see come back. Everything. Like, yeah. And he's awesome in everything. Like, he's in a lot of things, and he's pretty much great in all of them. Like, he's he's a great character actor. Uh, Like, what else? Is, like, he's in The Office, too. What's his character's name in The Office? I don't, I don't even remember. remember, but he was hilarious. I'm trying that. to remember because he's, like, he's like the hot sales guy or he's, whatever. Dude, he's essentially the anti gym. Yeah, he's essentially like he's like I do what you do, but better because I look better than you. And it's like, oh, buddy. Well, and they set up like Wolf. that sting to get him, right? <laughs> I'm and trying then, to remember his name now, man. That actually makes I'm super disappointed in myself because I watched The Office a lot. The fact that I'm blanking on this is driving me nuts. I really, I really think. Honestly, I think they're probably going to be building up to bring another team back together at the end to do something. Oh, for sure. I feel like they, they for sure. It. Like, yeah, he'll like be I, back. He'll be back. And I'll, like, dude, his entire character was just a nod to him and in, in the series justified. 
Like but, I haven't even watched Justified, but like you know, he's playing he's playing a cowboy esque character. Like, yeah, that's a hundred percent a wink and a nod to that. Like, and he he nailed it out of the park, man. Yeah, it was great. Like the performances were great. The 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 adventure and the action was great. The story beat was good you get that little bit of the story plus you get that big weekly adventure and again like it just it started off in a really exciting season also this was like an hour was long it oh, was yeah. like an hour long episode and i was expecting again back to that 45 like 30 minute like 40 kind of you know 45 at the max i think the longest one was in season one this was like a full hour and it's it suited the show like it still works it still I'm works so. as again i'm like it's it's a series that I've never questioned. Like, honestly, it's, yeah, it's one that I was on the fence about it until episode one aired. And then I was like, all right, this is what we're getting. This is what we're doing. Okay, I'm yeah. here for this. And they haven't disappointed since. I have Again, spoken. Even, oh, yeah, like, so, so good. Even I know we've talked about it a bit, but episode five and six in the first season, I know you said weren't a huge fan of. But, like, for me, at the end of the day, even their weakest episodes are still some of the best are, Star Wars content I've ever seen. It's still quite good. Like, I went back and watched it just before Season 2 aired, and Season 5 and 6 didn't bother me anywhere near as much. Watching them live was rough. Like, and I think that's kind of where that week-to-week basis sometimes uh, does a disservice to those types of episodes sometimes like the yeah. weaker ones because they stick out like a sore thumb right because every week you're waiting for the next adventure you're waiting for the gr- next piece of great content and what they give is like it's not terrible but it's a step down from what came before it so it stands out like a sore thumb especially when the episode before season five was the you know the or episode five was the other episode that they went to tattooing the first time yeah and that came just after you know, Mando rescued Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian showed up and they blasted their way out of the city. Like, just a really excellent... Like, that was one of the best episodes of season one. And then you go to arguably the worst episode of season one, right? So it makes it sticks had, out a little bit more. But I still had fun with it and I honestly think it is going to play an important part. I think, ep- like, episode five is going to play an important part in this season. Like, coming along, yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially with how this last episode This went. ended... Yeah. So like like no, again, man, no, I, it totally makes sense. Yeah. I'm on board. I'm excited for it. Um other than that, like we've been watching um well finish second season of Doom Patrol, which if you haven't seen Doom Patrol I you, haven't seen that either. I've dude, heard good things. So I've heard good. good things. It is the most absurd superhero show I've ever seen, and I love it. It is amazing. It is not family friendly, just putting it out there, but it is so good. And it is so well handled, so well written. Great cast, great actors. I think I've already talked about it in a different episode. We finished it, and it ends on a cliffhanger, and I'm super angry because they still need to shoot season three. <laughs> okay, wait. Isn't Brendan Fraser in that Yeah, he's, series? he's Robot Man, and he's amazing. He's so good. He's, oh, like, one of the best man. characters. Um. Okay, okay. Then, otherwise, it's been us just kind of continuing i know it's november already but we're still continuing our halloween marathon because like this year halloween seemed i mean it's probably it's probably the lockdown it's probably just the covid of it all but it just kind of seemed like oh it's here and then it went away yeah we didn't we didn't end up decorating or anything and like it is what it is it's 
just a year, so we're continuing watching our horror films. We still haven't finished uh, the Universal Monster movies because we've reached, we've hit the wall where like all the good ones are kind of behind the, you. For, for the most for, part, for the, <laughs> I get you. I get so, you. Uh, we're at that awkward in between. Like these are the monsters that came out during World War Two, so they're a lot of kind of propaganda heavy or like right. They didn't know what they were doing really, and like I think. either one movie from now or the next movie is finally like the first crossover which is when they start getting good again so i think it's like frankenstein meets the wolfman is the next one that we watch or it's the mm -hmm. one after that yeah we have to look it up every time but like it's just it's bizarre watching these spinoffs or the sequels because they're just not nearly as captivating as the original ones are yeah and you can tell they were made specifically just to generate revenue um <laughs> otherwise <laughs> that's, that's always a fun watch movies that just generate revenue that's that sounds like a fun to, binge if you like sequels love to torture yourself <laughs> it's what's fascinating because the thing about it though is you can see all these really interesting concepts and you can see where like it's a good idea yeah but then the execution is just abysmal but you can see the promise and potential behind it like they the invisible woman is a cool concept but they made it a comedy and again it's a period it's a product of its time so it's kind of sexist too but like it's literally they instead of going for the horror side of it they just made it a comedy film it's like ha 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 isn't it funny that this woman has to get like become invisible and get undressed ha 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 and it's like uh okay this is so totally different than any other universal monster movie like why like, is this what even, is like... going on here <laughs> well and then we just watched uh, invisible agent which yeah. is a world war ii film and it's literally it's a guy it's a guy who isn't even an agent he he works for like a paper company he is the grandson or some kind of descendant to the original invisible man so the formula works on him because his DNA, which has never been a thing, um, but it is now. <laughs> and he has to go and infiltrate Germany and he, he fights Nazis. And it's like, wow, it's and we were talking about this last night. And there's like that actually sounds interesting. I might kind of want to watch that. It's it's interesting. <laughs> that sounds but it's not like, like interesting. No, no. Like the film itself. I don't know how well it's made, but like just the idea of it. I'm like, that actually kind of sounds interesting. The most fascinating thing about the Invisible Man movies are specifically trying to figure out how the heck they made them invisible. Because it's like they had to like, it almost looks like they went frame by frame and had to cut them out with like an X-Acto knife mm. to like make them invisible. Like it's fascinating yeah. to watch. Um, well, yeah, they didn't have CGI back then. Well, exactly. And it's, it's just, it's also just, it's again, it's fascinating watching World War II movies even now go one way or the other where they're either super pulpy and super ridiculous and over the top and crazy yeah or they're super serious and mellow and like mellow is the wrong word but like melancholy is what i'm thinking they're very 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 serious it's indiana jones or schindler's list is how crosser put it you can have those two tones you can't have anything in the middle it's either you're treating it with very serious or you're punching nazis yeah no, but for like, sure. Yeah. And this one I was very I much, get that. I get that. This one was very much punching Nazis. Yeah. Um, the other one we watched, which was a disappointment, actually. Well, it wasn't really a disappointment. Like, I got warned that it wasn't that great. 
um, but it was scary stories to, t- uh, to tell in the dark. Oh, yeah, I remember that was supposed Did to be coming out. It? Is that the newer one? Yeah, it just came out. Um, uh, I remember seeing trailers for it back in the day, you know, maybe that was even pre-COVID. Oh, yeah, it was. It, it came out pre-COVID. It was I released. totally forgot it existed, honestly. Now well, that you bring it up. Amazon, it's on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it. Yeah, I don't I, have Amazon Prime, but. Oh, uh, well, then get it. I don't know. I <laughs> know. Uh, um, I don't want to pay for another streaming service. That's fair. <laughs> but like, it was just, it was, you could tell what they were going for and you yeah. could tell that they were trying. But like, it just didn't land. It just, oh. it was the characters. I didn't feel invested in the characters. Oh. The creature designs weren't nearly as exciting as I wanted them to be. The trailer looked interesting. Um, yeah. But like, the problem is though, as soon as you're not connected to the characters, you lose interest. Like I was on my phone for most of the movie and I don't do that. Like that's not, yeah, that's not my jam but I was actively on my phone and my computer and I just, it was a background movie and it was just not interesting. Like it was, and I wanted to like it. That's disappointing. I actually really, it's the, the good thing that's come out of it is it's made me want to read the book. So, cause apparently the book's amazing. So like, and it's for kids. So it'd be an easy read. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Fair enough. But I'm curious about that. I'm kind of curious to see how they line up. Because, like, and it was advertised as, like, an anthology film, and it really wasn't, like, it, on the very loosest base of the word. Anthology. Of having different stories, because, like, the premise is that the book in the movie is telling different stories about this group of friends that's killing them. But, like, that's not an anthology, that's just, like, making the book your killer. Like, it's, yeah. I don't know, it was weird, and it just, it... Like, the book itself is an anthology of stories, but, like, the movie itself is not. Well, that's the, and that's what that the kind book of is, the and that's, and that's, yeah, and that's why they, like, they advertise it to be an anthology movie, and then it turned out not to be. Oh. And it's, like, it's weird. Like, it's, it's one of those things of, like... Oh, instead of, like, one of the movies where even... you're telling, like, a bunch of, like, smaller stories. Yeah, like, films. um... Like Creep Show or Twilight Zone, ABCs of Death. Yeah, like stuff like that. That was a weird movie. I don't even remember how I stumbled upon that. And then I was like, "This is weird." Yeah, like we like I actually haven't seen that one. That in VHS, I need to see. Um, hmm. but like it's one of those things of, like I don't know. It, it was it was interest. It was bad. It was not bad enough. It was disappointing enough that when we were trying to decide what to watch next Prosser's exact words were like I think I suggested something I can't remember what, I, what, what it was but it was something else we haven't seen or something we had heard mixed things about and he's like do we really want to watch another disappointment so soon <laughs> like let's just like let me just take a break here and breathe and well because both of us were really excited what's gonna for happen next one. yeah yeah we were both really looking forward to it and again I was warned by it like I got told by a friend that it was not good and it was not worth it was not going to be worth my time. And like, sometimes you just got to check out for yourself too, at the end of the day. Right. And that's, and that's kind of what I, where I took it from. And like, and maybe people, there are people out there who do like it. Maybe there are people who connected to the characters. I just didn't, it wasn't my thing. And I was just kind of, it could have been more. I could, I could see the potential behind it too. And also it was very shot like a, every other horror movie out there. It was very, like the the cinematography wasn't super unique or crazy like it was pretty 
pretty standard and it was just i don't know like i could even understand if it was more geared towards kids but like that's the thing is it wasn't even like necessarily geared towards kids it, it felt in this really awkward in between where it's like they made it too scary for kids or not scary enough for adults and it's like okay ah teenagers but again like as pre-teens like if I would have seen this movie when I was a teenager or a preteen, I would have also been like, what's going on? What is this? Yeah. But yeah, like that's been my week. Um, um, have you watched much this week, Matt, or have it's been mainly watching your child? No, it's like hanging out with the boy and watching boy approved shows. I'll tell you, my favorite is Puppy Dog Pals. It is Dude. fantastic. It is a fantastic piece of children's television. Because it has one of the magical features that all kid shows should have, but don't. And that's stuff for the parents. Like, which is amazing. Like, there's so many... Like, I can't talk more about this show because, honestly, like, the writing is top-notch. It's very smart. It's witty. Sometimes you watch kid shows and the characters are, like, so stupid. Like, not even, like, oh, like, that's an understandable misunderstanding yeah. or mistake it's like no they're just really dumb like just un like just conclusions that even children wouldn't come to like just they go out of the way to make the kids really dumb so they can teach a basic lesson the writing in puppy dog pals is fantastic if you are a parent right now like it's on disney jr it is gold gold puppy dog pals so it's like these two little like i don't know, just give you the brief <laughs> summary here it's like which is like really funny in like a movie i'm like let me tell you about this kid show that i've been watching and just how excited i am about a kid show tells you how much bad bad kid shows i've been watching like fancy nancy mike the knight just uh oh, pj what what are those guys uh, called pj, PJ masks, masks. Yeah. oh man like just uh, I drove over a bunch of stuff, but it's not my fault. The villain made me do it, but you drove over it, bro. Like, that's not even, like, okay. Anyway, back to Puppy Dog Pals. I didn't really kill my good. wife. It was the one-armed man. <laughs> yeah, I'm being framed. Oh, wait, that was the fugitive. Air Force One was on the other day, too. I didn't get to watch that, though, well, I mean, unfortunately. I mean, it's, it's kid-friendly until the end, isn't it? Uh, i'm pretty sure it's like kid friendly for the first like 10 minutes i, I haven't watched I air know. force one in so long i kind of like jumped in in the middle get off my but then plane. i had to jump off Ryan. <laughs> yeah it was so good i love that movie so much um, it's like die hard in a plane have you um anyway like but like these oh go ahead. go ahead no go ahead i was gonna ask you a question but you're still talking about puppy pals so i'm just gonna oh yeah no i'm still talking about puppy pals like <laughs> <laughs> just like dude but it's so like good like these two little dogs and they're like kind of like little pugs and their their owner Bob is like an inventor, and he invents things for pets. So their collars have like all these different like tools. It's like a utility belt, and like anytime like at the beginning of the episode, Bob has an issue, and they're like, "We gotta make things better for Bob," or "We gotta like one time he left his book somewhere." So they're like, "We gotta travel around the world to find his book, all the places we were," and like it breaks the laws of time and physics because they will go to like Australia, have an adventure, come back before Bob gets back from work. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but like, so that's the only thing you like, you know, you just, you just forget about that. <laughs> yeah. You just forget about that. But other than that though, like the, the characters are just really well written. They're two brothers. There's a cat sister, like sister, like in their family, right? Adoption. Eventually a fish comes. Then they got like 
other animal pals that like help them out in different areas. Um, they have these neighbors that are everywhere they go, whether it's Ireland, Australia, Africa, uh, across the street, wherever. There's always the two neighbors that live by them are always there. Like they're just like these traveling people. And one is played by the guy who plays Stanley, like in the office. So like he's in there. And then the one episode even had like him getting a pretzel and he's like, mm, I love pretzels. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, so in this. Oh so and that's the best part of the show. There's so many little Easter eggs and like call out for like adults, like and not like 50 year old dudes. I'm talking like our age, like young parents who are going to understand a lot of pop culture references. There was one where they had to go get a t-shirt that uh, the the dry cleaners lost for Bob. Yep. So they broke into like the dry cleaning place, right? And they're collecting the shirt. And somehow, I can't remember, they ended up in the vents. And one of the dogs was like, oh yeah, let's break into the, you know, let's break into the dry cleaners, have a few laughs. Like just a total diehard reference. There's one where they go to uh, like a medieval fair and Stanley's character is wearing one of those like foam gloves. It's usually like we're number one. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Like baseball games. But it's like a gauntlet. But when you look close, it's the infinity gauntlet. Like it has infinity stones on what? it. But if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't notice that. So <laughs> like only people like me, you know, if you love pop culture references, it's just like it's great. Like they're everywhere. Like almost every episode, there's just something you can find. You like where uh... there's jokes that again that are gonna go over the kids' heads, but you're gonna get. So the writing is really smart. It's really snappy. The characters aren't like dumb as hell. Like the characters are actually intelligent and they figure things out. And there's always like good lessons at the end. It's it's great. I cannot, as a parent. To other parents who may be watching this, I cannot recommend Puppy Dog Pals enough. Your kids will love it, and you will be able to bear it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I also, I'm pretty sure you said pop culture, like pup, like is it like a dog? As oh, opposed to pop, pop culture? culture. Yeah. See, oh man, that's it's a missed on... opportunity. I screwed that up, but hey, man, no, you, like you it is it. just like great. You ever think about, uh, I mean, like, probably it's going to be closer when he's getting older, but showing him shows that you grew up with? I feel like yeah, I might have asked you that question like, already. But like, yeah, and it's mainly going to be, like, when he's a little bit older and can, like, comprehend them. Sometimes, like, I'll watch movies with him, but he just, like, he doesn't have the interest in them right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, he want, he'd rather go play with blocks. Like, even Puppy Dog Pals, like, he loves the opening music, and he watches it for a bit. Then he's like, I'm bored. I gotta go, like, I gotta go on adventures and stuff, right? So you're like, that's fair. So it kind of just plays in the background for the most part. But yeah, that, uh, that's um, sweet. No, but like, like, obviously, man, this kid, I'm just going to be piling him so full of just like the movies that I love to watch, like, you know, Land Before Time. And and then as you as he gets older, you know, Star Wars and Avengers and like, I can't wait. Like, it's going to be so crazy when he gets older and to be like, yeah, this movie came out in 2008 or like if when he gets older like Endgame's gonna be an old movie to him you know and that's just like so crazy because how long did we wait for that movie to come out in the first place so i i, I, I wasn't waiting i i hated that movie it was terrible <laughs> how... like and my like my daughter she's almost she's almost 13 like she'll be 13 in january which in itself is mind-boggling so at least she's been around for most of like the the avengers stuff and I made her come to the theaters and that that's always been a fun experience. Like every MCU movie 
We take her and we go to the theaters. I even let her get out early from school to go see Infinity War. <laughs> when that came out, like, it wasn't super early. It was like, it was like half an hour. It was like half hour. Oh, I you're wasn't failing like, that class. It's I, fine. I, I, like half the, half the day. Like, let's go watch movies. Like, no, it was just like half hour early or something. It's amazing. Like that. Because that was the only time we could get like tickets for it, right? But, yeah, sure, Matt. Sure. So that, that, that <laughs> was like a special thing, too. That was the only reason. She's not in... She's not into Star Wars. She does. She hasn't really even given it a chance yet, but uh, I'm sure the boy will be. So no, I'm just. I, that's the best part of having kids, right? You get to share these experiences with them, and the things that you love, you get to share with them. And then some of them they'll love, some of them they won't. They're their own person at the end of the day. But you you just get the joy of being able to share with them. So that's that's definitely one of the things I'm looking forward to. The biggest and the biggest like, puppy dog pals is good, but like honestly, I'd rather watch Star Wars. I mean, depends which Star Wars, because maybe if it's episode two, I'd, I'd pick Puppy Dog Pals. I'm not going to lie. Like, I would pick Puppy Dog Pals over episode two. That's how decent of a kid show Puppy Dog Pals is. You know, the biggest kick of the teeth to you is going to be like if Max doesn't like Star Wars and then also becomes oh, like man. a big jock I'm on top like, of it. Uh, and... Oh, he can be a jog. I don't care. Like, but he also has got to be know. smart. You got to have a brain. You can be physically fit, but you got to have a brain, man. Like, that's my number one. And like you have to not be an idiot. But what like, if he starts beating just... you, Matt? What if he starts beating you up because you're a nerd? Uh... Hey Max, how's your day? Uh... Shut up, nerd! Shut up! <laughs> just put me in a locker. Like where'd you get this locker from? <laughs> I built it in shop class. <laughs> God, that'd be terrible. He's but, the, uh, the no. anti. If, if he if he doesn't if he doesn't like Star Wars, like. I'm just going to have to have another kid, I guess, and, like, try again. Like, sorry, man, you're disowned. <laughs> like, get out of here. Just tell your wife, we are doing this until we get one who loves Star Wars. <laughs> we got to get one that likes Star Wars. This is really important. Man, that's not how That's not how kids work. That's not how child works. <laughs> no, it's not. But it, it's fun just as, you know, obviously just joshing. You know, just joshing. But, you know, uh, we talk like it's, this. It's a great time. We talk like this, and I wonder how anyone ever put us. Number one, how did anyone ever put you in charge of a child? And <laughs> I don't know. How, how did anyone ever let me leave my house? Like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I wonder. And I was in charge of children for a long time. At least one child. Almost 13 years pretty good who looked at you was like this is a good idea we should land i don't know they probably just like put me beside my brother and were like no this is the better call (laughs) well if we gotta pick one love you drew (laughs) he's not listening right now but like you know (laughs) so at least it's not my family not only my family who doesn't listen to us (laughs) yeah no 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 it's all my family too so i just say just tell crazy stories because no one's listening they're like hey like from them (laughs) Like, you guys are listening, and we love you for it. You are, you you guys are a new are family. Our feast of Films family, yeah. We feast with you. Speaking of that, I guess that, you know, we'll move on from what we watched this week. But, like, that's great, man. You watched some great horror movies, and you got things going. I watched Puppy Dog Pals. It was a solid week. We both watched Mandalorian. No complaints And we'll there. be watching episode two coming up. Yep, just in a couple days. But, uh, of course, you know, this is coming out next week, so, you know. Actually, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow from where we're recording this. So, exciting times, exciting times. That's what I look forward to now. That's what every Friday, the Mandalorian. I need that baby Yoda goodness. (laughs) Give it here. Give it here. All right, let's move on here before I say anything else really stupid. Uh, Best movies of 2010. We're going to roll with Ethan's movies first. And then next, 
week's episode. You guys know the drill by now. We'll do my movies as well. Matt, I hate to tell you this, but they're already like at least a half an hour in. We've already said oh, yeah. so much stupid stuff, and they're only a half an hour in, so they got a lot more to go. <laughs> we got so much more to go, but I'm going to move it over to you now. Your 2010 best movies. What do you got for us? So 2010. 2010 was a tough year, and it was stacked. Like, more than I remember it being. But there's also a lot of films that I liked when... Well, because 2010, we had just graduated, right? That was just fresh out of high school. Yeah, because we graduated in 2009. So yes. yeah, 2010 was our first year, like, full year. And so looking at the list, high school. there's a lot that I have fond memories of, and there's a lot that I liked, but there's not a lot that really stuck you know it's not there's not a lot on the list that i revisit on a regular basis um first and foremostly it was a stacked year just for disney like like there was a lot of disney films to come out this year like there was tron legacy there was tangled um toy story 3 um iron man 2 i think or was iron man 2 still yeah no no it was iron man 2 in 2010 was that yeah. disney yet though or was that still paramount uh no disney did not i don't think disney had it yet did they i can't remember it was either just before it was either just before iron man 2 or like just after iron man 2 that disney got involved well, because there. avengers but still had paramount on it avengers wasn't well disney, yeah they were but... still distributing but like because they had a deal i think to distribute but well, because I know was I think Disney had bought Marvel at that point. A lot of the backlash I remember people when it came out. I remember people saying that Disney was at fault for Iron Man two, why it wasn't as yeah. good. And like, I mean, like at the I end don't of the day, exactly. I, I just remember that being a thing, and I like I I also remember not buying into that because at the end of the day, it comes down to the filmmakers, and it comes down to a lot thing, a lot of things more than just like, oh man, it switched studio hands, therefore now it's who? terrible. Yeah. And it wasn't even that bad. Honestly, I watched Iron Man 2 and like it didn't make like my best list, um, which I'll talk about next episode. But um, like it's not that bad of a film. Like it's not terrible. Well, again, like if Iron Man 2 and Thor 2 are the weakest Marvel films, then that's really you're doing pretty good. Right. Like they're still not bad films. <laughs> there are worse films to watch. But Disney had a stacked year for, for Disney, when you think about it, in the grand scheme of things. Um, and then there was, like, just... I don't know, man. Like, it was really weird. It was It's either Disney... Like, my list consists of Disney or weird, quote-unquote, smaller things that I'm sure people watched and people loved, but, like... Right. Would be considered more, like, smaller budget or not quite as big blockbustery vibes. Like... The other two biggest ones I can think of on my list here would be like there's like Scott Pilgrim Expendables and Predators. I guess How to Train Your Dragon came out that year and that one was like like How to Train Your Dragon is phenomenal and I don't think I, I don't think I've met anyone who's hated How to Train Your Dragon. Right. And like I don't know. Like I still love that film too, but it didn't make my top. I'm going to actually, I'm going to do this reverse to nor- how I normally do it. Like your honorable mentions first. Yeah. And then you're yeah, yeah. top. Okay. Um, Daybreakers is a fun vampire movie where it's got a good two thirds of it. Mm-hmm. And then the last third is really good. But by the end of it, you end up back to the half point of the movie where kind of the characters are like, they just kind of like 
they don't progress anything past the second half that or that middle part of the movie. Okay. And yeah, it's it's still fun to watch Willem Dafoe, Ethan Hawke. Solid cast. Um, the Runaways is another one that I love and I talk about quite a bit. If anyone ever talks about how Kristen Stewart can't act, I always point them towards The Runaways because it's just a really good, really, really good biopic. Um, Toy Story 3, I don't think I have to say anything about. Predators is just a fun Predator movie. Like, Expendable, Scott Pilgrim, Machete, uh, and then Tangled and Tron are both just like, also, like, Tangled's amazing. Wait, 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 Which one's Predators? Predators, the one where they're on the alien planet. Oh. Adrian Brody. Okay. Yeah, no, no. Topher Grace is like. I was thinking like the newer one that like just came out. That was called like The Predator, wasn't it? Or something? Yeah, so there's. Oh, man, they got to have better like. There's Predator. There's Predator 2. There's Predators. And now there's The Predator. And it's. They got to find a better naming thing. Like, come on, guys. It's it's a mess. But like the movies. Fast and Furious. Like, which which movie am I watching? (laughs) Is this the first or the fourth one? I don't know. First one or fourth. Yeah. But, like, Predators, to me, is one of the best Predator sequels to happen. And they set up a really cool concept, they introduced new things, and I'm really disappointed there was never a sequel. But it was uh, it was really solid, beginning to end. Yeah. Um, Tangled, I think, is just a great movie. I think it's just a really great Disney movie. It's one that I don't own, and I'm surprised that I don't own it, but, like... Disney Plus now, so, like, I don't need to rush to buy it, but, but it's... No, like, it should be on there, right? But it's one of those, yeah, because yeah, it came out well there. before. It's it, was, it was, it was like the movie that made Frozen possible, and it helped reinvent and re-solidify Disney stu- like Disney Animation Studios. And like, I think the music and it's really good. The stories are good. The characters are fun. Uh, Tron Legacy, I think, is better than the first Tron, and I want a sequel to it, which apparently we're getting now. But, I don't know, I just remember liking it more than I thought I would. Right. But, the two big ones I want to talk about are two kind of, well, one of them is a really random one. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to start by talking about The Social Network. Okay, yeah. Because, and you you haven't seen The Social Network, right? Uh, I'm not sure what's on your list, but I most likely haven't seen any of them. That usually how we roll for episodes. <laughs> like, yeah, this movie, this movie, this movie. It's like, great, I haven't seen any of it, so let's talk about it. <laughs> so, but no, I haven't seen The Social Network, but, you know, I get the gist. Jesse Eisenberg, right? Yes, Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield, before he was Spider-Man. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, huh, okay. Justin Timberlake, uh, Rooney Mara. Uh, JT, you know JT? Personally, yes, we're friends on Facebook. (laughs) Oh, cool. Do you remember Sweet Life of Zack and Cody? Uh, I remember seeing it on TV, never watched it. Uh, So you wouldn't know the character of London Tipton? No, that means nothing. Uh, Well, that's unfortunate (laughs) because she's in this movie too, and she's she's fantastic. Oh, okay. Um, But I rewatched it today because, you know, I figure I should refresh it refresh my memory of it even though it's one that i watch it's it's super weird okay this is just a whole side rant when this movie was coming out i dogged on it i was making fun of it the entire time the trailers the 
promotion, the announcement, everything. I was like, who wants to watch a movie about Facebook? This is the dumbest thing I have ever heard about. Who would waste their time and their money watching a movie about Facebook? Why would they even make this? This is stupid. And then I didn't watch it when it first came out in theaters. I watched it a couple years later. And I've probably watched it at least once a year ever since. And I recommend it to people all the time. And I lend it out to people. It is one of the best biopics oh, so, I've so seen. So you're one of those people. <laughs> you're one of those people now. Oh, I, I ate my words. I, I ate my words so much with it. Because it's great cast performances. Great chemistry. A really good score to it that just accentuates the film. And when you listen to it on its own, it works really well. It's just great pieces of music. Uh Right. Trent Reznor did it with another guy and he just, he does good music. Um, and the story, it, the way it's told is a little confusing cause it's jumping between two different lawsuits as well as like flashbacks, to like how Facebook was made and all this kind of stuff. And like, mm-hmm. it's just really interesting. And especially so rewatching it today, it's really, it's essentially like white privilege, the movie, <laughs> Because it's a bunch of, (laughs) when you look at it with a critical eye, it's a bunch of, like, really pretentious, egotistical white guys. Yeah. Who are just kind of, like, upset at each other about a website. And, like, it shouldn't be as, like, it genuinely shouldn't, especially when I think about it critically, it shouldn't be as good as it is. It shouldn't be. You should hate all these characters. You should dislike them. You shouldn't sympathize or empathize with any of them, but you kind of do. Yeah. And you can kind of see everyone's side of it, but you can also see how everyone's kind of a dick. Like it gets you on board. It pulls you in, eh? Yeah, it's it's super yeah, it's weird. Good. It's super, super weird, but super well done. And again, like, ever since I started watching it, it's just been like, at some point during the year, it gets popped on. Yeah. Like, and I don't know why. I don't know why my opinion changed. I just like it. I just really like it. And... I don't know. I think it's just a good example of good filmmaking at the end of the day. It's good storytelling. The fact that you, again, the fact that someone, I mean, David Fincher specifically, and that's not really a surprise. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a whole other, sorry, I keep sidetracking myself here. David Fincher is someone who I didn't realize was one of my favorite filmmakers until I had seen a bunch of his films, not realizing that he was the one who made them. Right. Like, I just watched these movies, and I'm like, that was pretty interesting. Oh, who made this? Oh, David Fincher. And then, like, a couple years later, I'd see another one and be like, oh, who made this? Oh, David Fincher. And then I think it was actually when I was watching The Social Network or Gone Girl. I can't remember which one. <laughs> but I started going through his IMDb as I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, I've seen all of his movies except for Curious Case of Benjamin Button. How have I seen all this man's movies not intentionally? Like, like just by chance, yeah. Even my favorite filmmakers, I hadn't. Like Spielberg, I hadn't seen all of his films. Peter Jackson, I hadn't seen all of his films. Mel Brooks, yeah. I hadn't seen all of his films. But just this this guy, this random guy who was an excellent filmmaker, such a good filmmaker. I had seen like all of his movies. <laughs> like what the heck? But it just is a testament to how he is as a visual storyteller. Um, I don't think he writes most of his stuff. He always has other people write with him but he always finds the right people to write he doesn't think either he finds people to write or he just finds the right scripts to direct it's actually ron howard's right. very similar but they're so tonally different as directors that it's kind of really cool to watch these two guys who could basically direct anything 
but in two very different styles in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Aaron Sorkin did the script, which I mean, like that's anyone who knows his work. He's just he's a really well-known and revered writer in the film industry. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of what else I have to say about it. I just watched, I should have all these notes on it, but like, I just, <laughs> I didn't take notes cause I was too busy. I was too busy just, just reveling in it and just enjoying it. Like it's just, it, but it's like you said, right? Like, and that's the power of a good story. That's the power of, you know, when you have a, the right person on the helm and you have the right writer and the director and the actors, uh, it can draw you in, even if it's something you're not necessarily interested in. If you have the right storyteller there, like you can make fire. Like one of the other movies is a great example is like the Lego movie. When I first heard they're making a movie about right. Lego, I was like, give me a freaking break. You guys, like, like, this is dumb. What are you going to do with Lego? Like, Oh my God. And then they made a masterpiece. Terrible. And then you sit in the theater and it starts and you're like 10 seconds in, you're like, never mind. This is magic. Like it was just well, and and that, obviously the first one. But when you have the right stories and the right directors and the right vision and you got a storyteller skilled enough to bring it all together or multiple in the case of Lord and Miller, it works. It can work. Well, in this one, it's very apparent just in the opening scene. Like, even if you don't watch the movie, like watch the opening scene on uh, on YouTube. I know it's on there. And it's just him and his girlfriend at the time on a date. And he's just like watching them talk to each other, but not actually talk to each other yeah is incredible because basically they're like they're having two different conversations and it ends up in them breaking up because like she's trying and he's trying to just be the biggest dick that he can (laughs) like (laughs) classics man like it's insane it's really again it's really insane how they take very unlikable people and turn them into likable people like it's really or make you at least care about them at the very yeah, least. like at the end of the day, like it's not that I'm like, oh yeah, no, I totally agree with Mark Zuckerberg and everything. It's like no, <laughs> it's like it's like okay, but I can kind of see, like there's just little moments that I catch where like, at one point, I'm trying to remember the context of it, but at one point he's facing away from one of his friend, like from his best friend, and his best friend says something, calls him out on yeah. something, and just like there's no words, and it's just a shot like his friends behind him and there's his face and you just see like just an expression on his face of him processing everything. And just like that emotion hit. And I can't even remember the context of it, but I just know I was hit by emotion at that moment. Like it's like the people who say Jesse Eisenberg can act. They're, they're, they're ridiculous. What are they talking about, man? Jesse Eisenberg is great. Oh, he's amazing. Like (laughs) actually to speak of Scott Pilgrim, in all honesty, the thing I think would have made Scott Pilgrim a more, likable movie is instead of michael Sarah, if they would have cast jesse eisenberg i think he would have done a better job at it of showing a bit more range to that character kind of made him more unlikable but then likable like redeem himself more as opposed to just being awkward skinny sure. guy <laughs> awkward skinny guy that's like michael Sarah's like specialty <laughs> yeah and like that's i don't know like i think I mean, knowing they actually came out the same year, it kind of makes sense. Like, if I had to choose between if I could have him in Scott Pilgrim or have him in Social Network, I think I'd have him in Social Network. Like, because mm. again, like, it's just, it's such a solid movie. And again, it, it's a surprising one. It's one that 
I didn't think that I'd ever be talking about on a podcast of all things to being like, oh yeah, it's the Facebook movie. That's the one I really, really like. Oh yeah, it's my it's my top pick for 2010. Like it's one of my that's one of my best 2010ers. Well, that's like I cause dude, I look through the list and I'm like I'm like oh, okay, like well, I like this one a lot. I like that one a lot. I like then I got to Social Network and I'm like, oh no, oh no, that's my favorite movie of 2010. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> you're like come on. Oh, I've come on. All right. <laughs> I, it's always the one oh. you least expect man and and let me tell you that that's the very also very true for wives it's not the one you're like yeah i'm gonna love this one it's always the one that comes out of left field that you're like wow i didn't see that coming true story <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't know <laughs> also wives and movies man that's how they get you <laughs> you're like this is gonna be shit low expectations there you go again mainly I her low expectations about me i mean but, I, again you know. I, I can't comment on anything i I got, I got nothing. I got nothing to contribute to that. But what I can uh. contribute is another really cool thing about this movie, which, like, I'm always torn on it because I'm like mildly like, isn't this kind of an insult? But like, not really. There's twins in this movie, but they're oh, both, okay. but they're both played by Army Hammer. <laughs> so instead of casting I a set that. of twins, yeah, yeah, they're like, let's just get one dude and duplicate him. And he does great, like, and even, like, the CG still holds up, too, because, like, they had yeah. to, like, put his face on, like, a body double. Um, and oh, it holds up, I see and what it, they did, yeah, yeah. And it looks good, and his acting is good, acting with himself. Like, the they, they hired the right person for it, but there's always a part of me that's like, but maybe, maybe they should have just, like, I don't know, cast some twins, possibly? Or a guy who kind of looks like army hammer <laughs> well like at the end of the day too like you just did those characters work in the film oh 100 percent. it's not even distracting like wait so when i first okay, watched well the then, movie yeah so when i first watched the movie i didn't know who army hammer was yeah like i, I don't think i had seen like well i don't think i don't know what else he was in before that because i know after that he was in like man from uncle and other things but I don't know what yeah. he was in before. So I just thought, I thought they were twins. I thought they, they cast twins and then I found out it was the same guy. And I'm like, uh, what? What? <laughs> like, oh. what? Uh, okay. okay. I mean, right. and at the end of the day, like, if it worked, then obviously it was the right choice, right? Like, oh, 100%. It, like, maybe they would have cast twins if they found the right pair of actors. Like, I gotta imagine. Well, that's... Like, was it a substantial role or is it pretty small? No, it's one of the main roles. Okay, yeah. So like, he's one of the people who find, are, you'd have people to find Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you'd have to find twins that are capable enough, both of them, to have quality acting, right? Like, um, and, I, and I don't George know how Weasley. easy. I don't know how easy that is. Uh, Harry Potter, man. Fred and George. Weasley. Yeah, but they got all those. They got all those people when they're kids. <laughs> they they didn't have to impress for the first like three or four like movies. Then they had to start getting good towards the end. I don't remember if they did or not, but <laughs> but like honestly though, if you're taking like a main main role, like yeah, I can't imagine it'd be super easy to find identical twins, both with the same kind of acting prowess to deliver what? the part. I haven't where... seen it, so I I can't say yet one way or the other. But I'd imagine if it worked. It was probably the right call. Well, and that's where I'm curious. Like, I'm really curious as to what the casting process for that was like. If they, like, specifically were open to casting 
twins mm-hmm. or if they always wanted to have just the same actor play two characters. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, like, there's even a line specifically where he says that they're genetically identical to every in every way. And, like, so they do look the exact same. Like, they're identical twins. Like, because you know how identical twins, they look identical, but you can always still tell them apart. Somewhat. Yeah. They were identical completely. Like, identical. Like, it was identical. just, yeah, it was, it was again, dude, some, it was just, it was, uh, man, it was some, like, army hammered, some, copy and pasted. Uh, some twins are pretty identical, though. Like, like, it depends, like, what one eats. If one doesn't eat properly and one exercises, obviously there's going to be different or different haircuts or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, there are some times, though, when, like, twins are just, like, well, that's <laughs> splitting image. That's how they would actually differentiate between these two, is they choose, for the most part, different hairstyles, depending. Yeah. Right. Or slightly, of course, clothes would be another defining thing is like how they would look different. But like when they walk onto a scene, I couldn't tell which one is which until they said who they were. Mm. But again, that's because they're both Army Hammer. <laughs> like anytime I hear his name, I always think of Arm and Hammer baking soda. Anytime <laughs> like, I every hear every time I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> I think he's a Russian wrestler. That's the only thing I can think of. Army Hammer. Name. Yeah. I'm like, like, what an interesting name. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if that's his, is that his real name? Like, is that his given name? If it is, then it is what it is. If it's not, it's just, if that's your chosen name, I mean, I guess it sounds okay. I just, it makes me think of baking soda. Dude, his, his full name is like, honestly, just even more like cool. Cause his full name is Armand Douglas Hammer. Armand Hammer. Yeah, I guess. That sounds the same though. Ar- Armin. <laughs> that's like even the, more that's even more Armin Hammer. But like the, soda. The, but his full name, like his full name, Armin Douglas Hammer, just sounds like 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 he he had to succeed at something. Like Yeah. They gave him a strong name. Those are all strong. Well his his father apparently his father's middle name is Armand. That's got they had to know what they were doing. Oh, and the great grandson of oil ty- tycoon Armand Hammer. Like, his name is literally, his first name is literally Armand, like, Arm and Hammer. Like, like, that has to be intentional. That has to be someone being like, my son will grow up to be strong, therefore his name will be Armand. Armand Hammer. Like, like, that's gotta be it. Like, that's... Or, are they the family behind the baking soda? Like, for real. Like, now I gotta know. It's an oil tycoon. Uh, That makes baking soda. It's a conspiracy. Yep, interesting no, no that's that like again that's his that's actual just, name okay cool man that's just again i think that's to me that's just really that's a, an a awesome name <laughs> and just like it's a ridiculous name but like in the coolest way possible like that's a power name that is 100 percent a power name yeah especially next to andrew garfield i like i like andrew garfield but his name <laughs> His name suits him. He's a very awkward individual, and his name also suits that. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I don't know. Like, it just, it doesn't, yeah, it's not a, it's not like a hu- intense name. Like, it's, it's more, like, again, soft-hearted. It's I feel an, like he's probably a pretty, like, gentle, like, it's, soul. It's a name of I someone think. who has, like, my life goal since I've known, like, Andrew Garfield came into existence in my brain has to yeah. become like best friends with him at some point in my life. 
I just Maybe I want. You will. Uh, I, that's the goal. That's the dream. Prosser, Maybe someone's, someone's coming for your friendship. He will hear this podcast and be like, "I'm gonna go be friends with that guy." Yes, come to Canada and become. And friends then with Ethan me. will be like, "Can I also be in Spider-Man Three? <laughs> can I just be a different Spider-Man? That'd be cool." I mean, I can play. I can. I can play chunky Peter Parker from <laughs> Spider Verse. <laughs> oh man! But like. No, like, it's at the end of the day, like, I don't know what it is about him that just, like, I just get the vibe of, like, he'd just be a cool guy to chill with and just, like... Yeah, he seems real chill. Right? Well, I don't yeah. know, for all, for all we know, he's, like, one of the most high-strung individuals, for all we know, but... I mean, if he does listen to this, number one, what are you doing listening to our podcast? Number two, yes, come <laughs> be my friend. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> Why are you listening to this again? Okay. I guess, like, I guess, you know, because he likes to listen to things where people talk about the social network. I guess that's probably... You know, that's the only he searches his name every single time in Google for them to track down any reference to him. It seems likely. (laughs) Yeah, but social network, I highly recommend it to a lot of people, like to anyone who wants to take a chance on a movie about Facebook. I think it's you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Cool, man. Otherwise, I have a second pick I want to talk about. Yeah, go for it. And it's a little like so. Neither of us have ever talked about documentaries on this, have we? I don't think so. Well, this is the first one. We're gonna talk about a Disney documentary, um, Ooh. called "Waking Sleeping Beauty." Okay. It is on Disney Plus. I highly recommend Let's you talk go about watch it. it. Um, it's all about kind of the goings on leading up to the Disney Renaissance, and a little bit of what happened. I think it goes up to. As far as, uh, as far as the Lion King, so it kind of goes so from, like early nineties. It spans from the Black Cauldron, so like the mid early to mid eighties, to yeah. the early nineties, and it's just kind of a fascinating behind the scenes look as to what was going on with the animation studio because it was a roller coaster. Because at the beginning of the eighties, animation was dying. Disney animation was dying. Like, mm-hmm. like they weren't making any money their films weren't doing as good as they used to so just a lot of stuff happened and they eventually got kicked off the disney lot to like a different to a different place altogether oh really oh yeah man um disney's like take a hike guys and then (laughs) holy holy shit but then the renaissance happened then they they released little mermaid and well because they did great mouse detective and that made a bit more money yeah but then they did uh, Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and that just like smash hit after smash hit and they weren't expecting that at all. And it eventually just kind of revitalized and revamped the entire Disney animation studio. Right. And it's just it's a really fascinating look into it. You got a lot of kind of cool behind the scenes looks, interviews with the animators Um yeah, I don't know how much I have to say on it. Other than that, it's it's just one I've I've recommended to so many people ever since I found out about it. Other than it's just super interesting. It's super interesting if you love animation. It's definitely worth the while. Um, if you like history, also like it's just it's or Disney in general, right? Like if you're definitely oh, a fan 100%. of those films, like and I think like a lot of people our age, like we grew up with those. Well, specifically, you know, those like, films. You want to learn the behind the scenes of how messed up things were going on while they made those, like, 
made those amazing movies. Like it, it like actually made me tear up a couple points watching it. Like it's got some really good emotion behind it. I, I don't know. Like I don't want to. The thing is about this one is I don't want to say too much about it without giving stuff away. Right. Like, not that there's a lot of twists or turns or anything like that, but it just it's something you got to experience. It's such a it's a weird one because it simultaneously makes me feel really good about my like make makes me feel good about myself, but terrible about myself. Because <laughs> okay. I'm like because I watch it I'm like, that's what I want to do with my life. I want to make movies. I want to do this. I want to do what these guys are doing. And then I sit yeah. there and go like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I not doing what these guys are doing? So it's like it's it's a good one and a bad one to watch when you're in like a funk. It's well. Like, I... It's inspirational, it, like, but it also like yeah. And I it's was not, gonna say it definitely sounds like there's some inspirational elements in there for sure. One, it's not discourage. It's the exact opposite of discouraging. Like it's it's yeah. It's not like I sit there and go like, oh well, now I can't do things. It's like I sit there and I watch it and I'm like, okay, well, what's stopping me from doing this stuff? What's holding me back? Yeah. What do I need to change in order to do that and to actually like do what I want to, to get do? there? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a. Anytime I watch it, there's just it's such a weird mix of emotion, like with with it. And again, like it shouldn't have that much of an emotional impact because it's an animation documentary. But it resonates with me. Yeah. So I recommend it like strongly. Well, and not like seeing the film itself, like because I've never heard the documentary. Like I've never seen it, obviously. Um, it does sound like though it's like that's a good message right like even when you're in the dumps and you're down low it's like keep pushing keep pushing because you never know what's gonna hit right like Mm -hmm. you never know and if you quit like your next thing could be the thing that goes big your next thing could be the thing that saves you but if you quit you'll never get there right it's it sounds like one of those type of messages at the like the overall point right like just keep keep going keep pushing a hundred percent like and it's just it's i don't know it's a good watch again i i recommend it i think people should uh, most people have disney plus now right they can just go go watch it right? well now that the mandalorian's back i'm sure people have jumped <laughs> on again even for at least a couple months <laughs> and if you have it for that time go and watch this in between episodes perfect yeah there's a week in between episodes so there's still plenty of stuff to watch this one was also a surprise because i didn't actually know what came out in 2010 <laughs> I was just going through the list and I saw this one. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I can talk about something kind of weird this time. And like, I wish I had more to say about it, but I don't know. Like, it's just, it's a fascinating look in the Disney studio. And I, I love those kind of things. I love a good mm-hmm. behind the scenes look into how things are made. And I yeah. also love it when it's all, not all like, roses perfect roses and rainbows where it's like oh man and we all work together as a perfect team and everything was perfect and like and there was was never an issue no one ever had any dislike of anyone else everyone was great like those the fluff the fluff behind the scene interviews always just ticked me off because i'm like "Mm, no i know that's that's, never how anything comes together that's never yeah like or very rarely even in like things that like I've put together in my life or have been involved in, it's like I think I've seen maybe once where an event or something was put together and pulled off like flawlessly and everything went like perfect. But I like 
That's so rare. It never happens. Like it's so rare for anything like that to happen. And people like all get along and we're all like the same viewpoint. In my <laughs> in my so experience, rare. and I think most people can relate to this. In my experience, most things go about as well as group projects in school projects go. Like when you're working together <laughs> with people, even after you graduate, when you're doing Sometimes, things professionally. Yeah. Yeah. Even when you're getting paid, even when it's just even working, like if you're working like a retail job or you're working like a customer service job or you're working anything, it goes about as well as a group project because you'll have the people who are doing the work and then you're going to have the other people who aren't doing the work but think they're doing the work. And it's just... Yeah, it's, those people exist too, yeah. It's, it's fascinating just to kind of see the, dis, the dysfunction. Honestly, it's completely unrelated but related. It's why... um. The Metallica documentary, Some Kind of Monster, is one of my favorite documentaries. Like, oh, okay. I, I dislike the album that came out of it because it's not a good album. <laughs> but the documentary, just watching what they were dealing with at the time, and just watching the journey of these four guys who are just struggling to, like, be rock stars and be musicians. Yeah. While also being people. It's fascinating. It's fascinating to see that dysfunction. And how they still managed to pull through. Because again, like at the end of the day, like regardless of people's opinions on Metallica's music lately, they're still playing together and touring together. And when you watch some kind of monster, like that's not what it's going to look like. It's going to come out. It looks like it's going like, to come out at the end and be like, how the hell did you guys pull that off? Well, and that's dude. That's the whole beauty of that documentary too. Like, so the difference here, um, the waking sleeping beauty was done as a retrospect. Right. So it wasn't like they were, they didn't film any footage while this was going on. They had, they had behind the scenes footage that they used, but a lot but of they it just, is, they went back and looked at it and created the documentary. Yeah. It's a lot of them the talking fact. about it. Yeah. Whereas when they were filming some kind of monster, <laughs> they brought on these filmmakers to film the process of making this album. And then everything fell apart. And basically the filmmaker's like, do we keep, do we keep filming? Shit, like, do we yeah. keep shooting? <laughs> that sounds like one of those situations when you're like hanging out with a couple and they just get in like some rank fight and you're just sitting there like awkwardly as like a third wheel and you're just like, Sh should I just leave or like, do you want me to stay? Like, is, well, is this going to blow over? And like, that's actually one of the, what, what, what am I doing right now? It's a conversation they have in the movie is like, do we want, do you want to keep going with the documentary? Do you want yeah, us to keep filming keep this? Recording this? <laughs> and yeah. they're like, and they're like, well, yeah, I guess we just got to capture it all, you know, just see how it turns out. Might as well just yeah. capture. And it's like, oh my goodness, what are you guys doing? Like it gets, that would be so awkward. Dude, it gets to a point where they're like, they're, they have a therapist, yeah. like a group therapist. And like, he's convinced he's going to go on tour with them and they have to tell their therapist, like, no, you're not, you're not in the band. You're just a guy. Like, yeah <laughs> like why do you think what do you why would we bring you along well if anything else goes wrong no like we've patched things up like like we don't need you <laughs> and it's it's a mess man like their their producer thinks he's gonna be their bass player like and it's oh like no you're not we're hiring a new guy like like it's it's a mess but it's super it's super interesting interesting like, interesting i get yeah like i like a good documentary i used there are ones I used to like a lot and then I kind of. Well, especially like behind the scenes stuff, right? Like when you can look behind the curtain 
Because well, when it comes to media, when it comes to music, we only see the wizard. But when you can look behind the curtain to see the people behind it, it's, yeah, like, it, those documentaries are really gripping and just really enjoyable pieces to watch. The documentaries with an agenda kind of bug me sometimes. Unless, it's like, it depends on, like, another one, like, I'll talk about it maybe a different different year, but uh, Dear Zachary I might cover at some point. That's just, it's an emotional roller coaster, and it'll make you hate your life, but also, like, love it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a ride. Um, but then there's Bowling for Columbine, which I really liked that documentary when it came out. Yeah. And then the more I watch it, the more I see a very angry man trying to push an agenda. And this is coming from someone who's like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty anti-gun. And Michael Moore is like a jerk when it comes to being anti-gun. Like he is offensive about it. And it's like, okay, but like, like that's, that's, it's very much, he set out with an agenda to his documentary and then made every certain, basically made it a point that his, his uh, point of view was the right one by the end of it. Right. And that's technically what not, documentaries are different than making a narrative for film. Because for a narrative, you sit down and you're like, okay, this is the story I'm going to tell. And then you make that story. Mm -hmm. With a documentary, you're like, okay, this is the story I want to tell. And then whatever happens to that story, that's what your documentary becomes. Right. It's literally, think about it in reverse, where you're like, I have an idea for what this wants. To, I want this to be. But then as you film it, it changes completely. Well, it's like, like if you look at, <laughs> out of all shows to talk about, if you look at Tiger King... Like, when they started filming that freaking show, they didn't have any... Like, they didn't know it was going to go the way that it did. There were some signs, probably, that they should have... <laughs> they were doing all the recording? Oh, no, there was definitely signs. I've only seen a couple episodes. I haven't watched the whole it's thing. It's one of the most depressing shows I've ever watched, and I haven't finished it. Like, I watched, like, most of it, but it just makes me, like, so upset that people exist. <laughs> that people... Yeah. Like... Yeah. Um, what was the you other watch one? shows like that and you're like oh, I'm not really surprised the US is in this condition they're in right now uh, well then it's like and then I look at I the mean shows those like, people exist everywhere too I'm not just saying it's just the US but those those types of people exist everywhere at the end of the day just strongly the US <laughs> just in but that then, documentary for sure but then I like <laughs> when I look at um, making the documentary series making a murder and like that one I'm torn on because like well, there's been no conclusive evidence, right? So it's like one of those things of they're they are pushing a narrative of one way, but like, it, and that's ah, that's so where tricky. it's tough. Like that's where it's tough, right? And like it's hard. You have to take things at like face value for kind of like what they are, because at the end of the day, you're not there, especially when you have like documentaries like Making a Murderer, right? Like, you're not there. And from what they show us and what they tell us, you're like, yes, innocent, innocent, innocent. Like, maybe we don't know the whole picture. Like, there's definitely some sketchy stuff going on. Was there sketchy stuff on the other side going on? Possibly that we didn't see. Possibly. Like, we weren't there. And But, like, you know from what we were shown that there was definitely uh, some questionable decisions made and some questionable uh, policing tactics well, <laughs> made. And that's where I think, uh, and, and like those are the types of things you can't hide. Like it is what it is, right? Um, but like again, you only see these little clips or these moments. What goes on on the other side of those moments before, or after? You know, you you never know. 
Right. Well, and that's and that's where I think when watching any documentary, when watching any film in general, but specifically with documentaries, you do need to keep a bit more of an open mind to yeah. both sides of the argument. And that's specifically growing up with watching Bowling for Columbine. I didn't do that. I was very much like, no, Michael Moore knows what he's doing and he's, you know, excellent documentarian. And then I got older and then I started realizing, oh, no, he's biased. He's incredibly biased and he is telling a story that he wants to tell because that's what he believes mm-hmm. rather than tackling the issues that he should be with it because gun control is very important or like both to sides too right yeah well and he just he very much painted anyone who likes guns as the enemy and like again i i'm very again i'm very anti-gun i'm not very like i'm not super pro everyone just having whatever firearms they want but there's a way <clears throat> there's a way around there's a way to be about it and there's a way to handle that and at one point, he's chasing down Charlton Heston with a picture of a dead girl. Like, not, not like, her body or anything, but, like, a school picture of, like, this girl died because gun ban, and then your NRA did this terrible thing. And, like, at that point in the interview, I found out years after, like, that was close to when Charlton Heston passed away, and he was having memory issues. He was, like, he was struggling with his health. And whether your opinion on him is a positive one or a negative one, attacking an old man like that is not appropriate and like he ambushed him he went to his house saying oh yeah we're gonna do this thing and then completely sprung this whole like so yeah you're responsible for these kids dying because xyz yeah and like that's not something you spring on somebody let alone like like that's gotcha journalism and especially when you're dealing with someone who has mental health issues at that age and their mental health is deteriorating that's not how you that's how you win an argument, but not how you actually win an argument. That's how you make it look like you've won. Yeah, it, it's one of those. Uh, yeah, when it comes to like those things, like I, I don't want to say one way or like the other. Like it, it's hard for me to say those things sometimes because like I switch back and forth maybe on opinions. Because like again, <laughs> when you're not in that situation, you can look at it from like a morally objective, like take a look at it, right? Uh, When you're in the heat of it, maybe it's not always so easy. But I think it comes down to, at the end of the day, with those types of things, it's like we got to be careful for the things that we're passionate about or the things we really care about that we also don't become monsters in the process of fighting for our side, right? Like, yes, we believe maybe the other side or the other people or the other group are monsters, but we got to be careful that we also don't become monsters in the process of fighting that, right? And, And we do get lost in our crusades we do get lost in our uh battles and what we think is right what we think is wrong especially when we're having discussion or debating with somebody sometimes we can get lost in that uh but we just yeah gotta remember to uh you know yeah not let it consume your you become the monster where you're doing something terrible to and you're justified because that person did something terrible well well, again, it's, it's. I mean, and in each situation is each situation. And again, like I say that from a morally, you know, you can stand outside the picture and say this, this, and this. When you're actually involved in it, it's a little bit different. Like, like if someone hurt one of my children or something, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that moral objectivity of not becoming a monster is gone. I'm probably going to just run over that dude with the car now i shouldn't say that because now i'm gonna have to run over someone and it's recorded on a podcast but <laughs> you know what i'm saying sometimes like our emotions do get the best of us and i will admit it like 
I don't, I, I include myself in that saying. Like, I'm not saying everyone else. I include myself. Like, yeah. It's we just, have to be careful not to let the monster get us, too. It's just checking yourself, Ugh. you know? And again, it's dealing with respect. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's <clears throat> that's a different situation, of course, than, like, you know, your child getting hurt, especially because it wasn't his child. But, like, the father of that girl? Yeah, maybe he would feel differently. Well, but again, it's maybe also feel using... feel different, like, that's what the old man deserved. I don't know. But it's also, again, it's using... It's using someone else's child. Like, and that's where I, I just, I, I feel greasy about the situation. I feel like you could have yeah. handled that situation in a better way, but like, that's, for sure. That's just my opinions. That's my opinions on documentaries in general. Documentaries like, I, are fun though. Like, oh, yeah, they it, hurt. Like you, you think like you would think like just hearing the word documentary, like this is going to be boring, but they're so interesting because we're like, people are interesting. Like humanity is interesting. Like how we, deal with each other and how we overcome situations and overcome moments and conditions that are seemingly impossible. We overcome them. We figure it out, especially like you're talking documentaries about people in the past, right? Like hundreds of years, thousands of years ago and how people lived. It's amazing. And you realize how easy we have life today because people lived really, really hard, real hard and not even that long ago. Right. Yeah, like our great grandparents <laughs> or our great great grandparents, right? Like, Dude, even our grandparents, lived, like yeah, even our grandparents, like people lived really hard. We have it so good right now that like literally on a Thursday night, you and I, yeah, we record on Thursdays. <laughs> literally on a Thursday night, you and I can sit here and record a podcast. Like they couldn't Not do even it. In... Number one, they didn't have the tech. Number Dude, two, no. they just were would have been too busy. Like they had we, have to live. Like there's we no can way. record a podcast in two different cities. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like we we live really good. So I think like documentaries are really important for through storytelling and through these you know even the narratives and the, what they bring out of them, the knowledge that comes out of it, like the understanding of humanity, the understanding of history, the understanding of people and how we react to each other. like that's what makes it so interesting. Humanity's defiance to give in against like all odds we overcome. Uh, documentaries are incredibly, incredibly entertaining films. And not just entertaining because like, oh, wow, explosions. But you really get a lot out of them. You really, really get a lot of them because it's real people. It isn't fictional, man. Like it's real people. God, good call. I like that documentary choice. You good choice. Highly recommend. I, I actually probably am going to. I'm going to go. That was Waking Sleeping Beauty. Waking Sleeping Beauty, yeah. Yeah, because I like animation too. I like that idea. <laughs> if you'd forget about it, I'll text. I'll text you about it. Okay, sounds good. And you know what? I won't even make you watch uh, Darkest Hour. I'll go no, watch. No, that's the Tintin deal. That's that's. Yeah. Okay. I'm. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I still haven't watched it. I know you haven't yet, and I still haven't watched Tintin. So we're all fair. It's all uh, fair, and it's Remembrance Love Day coming war, up. But it's a it's a war, it's a war movie. Remembrance Day is coming up. I can possibly justify it. Oh yeah, that's right. You said, hey, it's November. Yeah, you better watch that, man um but uh, is it time for matt's question of the day you betcha so that's uh ethan what were your um oh yeah you already did honorable mentions the first time around right yeah Yeah, uh so what were your top best films again i'm trying to social network social network uh waking sleeping beauty are the two top ones yeah i can go through my list of honorable mentions again (laughs) yeah sure just real quick 
Uh, we got Tron Legacy, Tangled, Machete, Scott Pilgrim, Expendables, Predators, Toy Story 3, How to Train Your Dragon, The Runaways, and Daybreakers. Slick. Like, and those are Ethan's top picks for 2010. There's so many yeah. movies. It was a loaded year. There was a lot of movies that year. Yeah. There's a lot. My list is similar in some ways, completely, some ways completely different, but you'll have to wait for next episode next week to hear that. But, uh, okay, cool. 2010. What are your favorite movies from 2010? Let us know. You can drop them in this episode, next episode, wherever you want to drop them. Let us know. Do you have Surprise a documentary? Question? Oh, I want to yes, know, I dude, know that too. That's it. That, that's it. That's it. Save 2010 Actually, for next episode. What's your guys' documentary? Documentary or biopic? Because that was yeah. both my films, and I'm kind of curious as to if people, if people have any favorites or any recommendations. That, that is the better question. Yes. Biopic, documentary. What do you guys like? Throw it at us. Let's see what you got. Surprise question of the day. Uh, we've been in COVID for a while now. Since what? <laughs> March or what? so. Some places a little earlier, some places a little later. Uh, it's Matt, been a it's long haul. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's, oh, man, if it was only May right now, like, throw me off a bridge. Even though May felt like November back in May, um, you know, we're, we're finally at November here. If it was May, I wouldn't have to go to work. It's been, yeah, it's been a long haul and we've probably still got a long haul left. But one of the, one of the factors that have been, you know, one of the industries that have been impacted the most is the film industry. Like we talked at the beginning of this episode, what a time to start a movie podcast when there's no movies to watch. There's no new movies to go and see minus the few that kind of trickled out, um, in the middle there. So my question for you is, what delayed movie are you waiting for? Like, what's the one delayed movie that you're like, man, that's the one I'm waiting for to come out, to go back to theaters. You're going to risk COVID. You're going to wear your mask. You're going to bring your gel. You're going to get some popcorn. You're going to sit in that theater and you're going to watch it. What movie that's been delayed this whole freaking year, what movie are you waiting for? None. There are there are no movies that I would risk breaking like breaking like going going to the theater right now. Like I'm not saying right now. I mean when like COVID's like lower, but yet we're still precautionary. No, even then, like like when, even when theaters it, open. No, like okay, even, like like let's honestly get, for get, me, let's get rid of the COVID part. So, so you're just saying you're never going to theaters ever again. No, not ever again. Okay, um, so COVID's gone. What movie are you waiting for, man? Why you got to make these questions so difficult? Just, just, so like, just ask the damn question. I'm working on it. I have thoughts. So <laughs> you have something. <laughs> I am firmly of the belief that Hollywood at this point could be releasing these movies to home, like home streaming services. I think that they could be releasing for rental and they'd still make their money. Then what they uh, could do—they wouldn't make as much money, but yeah. But here's but here's what they could do as well. Where they go bankrupt think and all crash, the whole system crashes. The other option they have too is they release it now at home, and then do limited runs of these movies when COVID opens back up. Because if like sure, honestly yeah. they release King Kong versus Godzilla, yeah, I'll watch it at home. But then they release that back in theaters and IMAX. I'm I'm there. I'll yeah. go see that. I'll go see James Bond like in theaters again. Like. Because there's some there's something about that movie going experience. But 100%. When I think, like honestly, the only one that I'm really, really, really jazzed about that I can remember that was slated for specifically 2020 is 
Kong versus Godzilla. It's got love Kong. I love Godzilla. Get to see them fight. And I'm just like, I'd like a trailer. I'd just like to see something. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to see a little bit. But that's really about it. Like, I don't really have, it's kind of a crappy answer, but that's it. I like, I, I'd like to see, I think... I'd like to see Black Widow released just because I'd like to see it released because she deserves it at this point. Yeah, no, no, I hear that. I think a lot of movies too. I think there's a lot of 2020 movies that were probably going to be released this year that obviously just we never heard of. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of movies that we hear about years before. There's also movies that just show up like, you know, a month before they're coming out or something and you'll see a trailer and be like, Oh, that's interesting. Um, I think there's like a lot of movies that we just never heard about or know nothing about that are still pushed to 20, like 2021 Maybe even 2022. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm very content with, Yeah, I'm very content with what's getting released and I'm very content that things aren't kind of opening up. I'd rather, I'd rather be safe and I'd rather no, see safety things, first, 100%. I'd rather yeah. see things wait Yeah, to be released rather than tempting people to go out. Like people are having a hard enough time as is following rules let alone if we suddenly started putting all these movies back into theaters. Like, well, exactly. And, and, and like, I think that's kind of what they found out too, when they put out like tenant and, uh, what else? They released a couple other movies, I think too, just kind of like in the middle there. Um, yeah. that didn't do like overly great. Like they did all right, but, uh, like nothing well, compared think... to what they would have normally made if there was no pandemic. Well, that's where I think their home release, I think, is not a bad idea. And if they do the home release and then, I'm at, again, especially marketed as like, hey, these are the movies that came out during COVID. Now you get a chance to see them in theaters for like two weeks. People would yeah. go. There are people who would flock to go and see those movies. Like 100%. Yeah, they'd have to like figure out that deal with like the theater organization and stuff. But yeah, maybe they could do something like that. I'd have to see. But yeah, so yours you? is uh Kong Kong versus Kong Godzilla. Versus Godzilla. Yeah. 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 Uh mine being James Bond, man. Like <laughs> I'm not I, surprised. I, I like really though, I I love James Bond. Like I'm such a sucker for it. Even in the movies that I don't like, I'm like, I don't know, there's still it's still James Bond kinda at the end of the day. Um and that movie got delayed, like because I think I believe it was twenty nineteen, right? Then it got delayed into twenty twenty. Then because it got delayed into like I think April it was, or it was March November. 2020. Because it, it was November, November then it got pushed back to 19. April, then it got pushed back to November, to then it November. got pushed to now April. It's going, now it's pushed to next year again. Uh, so it's gone on quite a journey. We should have already seen this movie like a year you, ago. You just want to be in theaters and just hear that. Yeah, man. Like there's not. That's kind of like also that that and like the Star Wars opening, right? The opening of the Star Wars uh, crawl. Like, those are two things in the theaters that are just, like, magic, man. Like, you can watch them at home and they're good. But, like, in the theaters, that is something else. Especially that Star Wars crawl, right? Where it's all dark and long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Ba -ba -ba Why do you think I was like, so upset? It just lights up the screen. Oh, That's why I was so upset in uh, love Rogue it. One that they didn't have it. Or I Solo. Theaters. Or I didn't, Solo. I didn't see Solo in theaters. Yeah. I saw Rogue One in theaters and they didn't yeah, have I didn't it. See and I'm it like, Solo. yeah, yeah. 
I'm like, what is this? Where's where's well, my crawl? And that's like Disney's thing, right? They're like, only the number tri- sequels and whatever will have the Star Wars crawl. I'm like, that's stupid. That's like so integral to your brand identification. Like it's so integral. Like because back in the day, it wasn't just movies that had it. Video games had it. There mm-hmm. were books that had an opening crawl. You know what I mean? Like. Well, that's, it like that's to me, the TV it, shows had an opening crawl of sorts. Like it's literally you can have the opening crawl and then you just don't have. Like why you would you want to take the... it away though? Like that's such a yeah. stupid decision. You just don't. You don't need that the episode. A... You can have the title. Like it could have yeah, just been Star exactly. Wars Rogue One and then a scroll. Well, that's what everything else has ever done. Like any game ever has always just been Star Wars the title and then the scroll starts. Right. Anyway just to get aside from that but the james bond thing too is very much similar in the same having a james bond movie open up without him shooting somebody yeah like you need that whole like the 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 barrel shot where he's walking the barrel and like a couple of them have like a couple of them have moved it around with daniel craig i believe i think one one for sure came at the end i can't remember if they didn't have one or not or whatever but oh you're totally right like quantum like i remember they had one in uh casino royale but it was like different they've done it like throughout his series but like they've all shot them slightly different but i think it was i can't remember which one it was if it was the end of quantum or if it was the end of like skyfall or which one it was but they did it at the end of one of them too like to kind of signify oh now he's bond so that might have been the end of like quantum of solace i can't quite remember but so um, like that's the dumbest thing in the world but that's just uh, me i just have yeah. strong opinions about the craig era bond because it's just like what are you guys doing like i know what they were trying because they were trying to do a soft reboot well yeah it's a soft reboot and it's like continuity now right like everything like everything within his era of bond is like continuous which doesn't exactly work and i'm like that's why it was like hyped about Skyfall because I was like, oh, good. One that isn't connected to the others. And then the next movie is like, surprise, it's all connected. You're like, God damn it. <laughs> like, come well, on, guys. And that's where like, it's just. Come on, guys. Come on. Like, I'm excited. And, and it's for OK. This one. It's OK because it's like only his era of Bond, right? All the others are still disconnected. It doesn't matter. And the well, next Bond, it probably won't be connected anymore. I'll probably be back I'm... to the, you know. I'm excited. So I'm okay with it. I'm, okay I'm excited it. for this one, but I'm also really, really, I'm ready for new Bond. I'm ready for the next guy. I want to know who it is. Well, Daniel Craig has been Bond. What? When did Casino Royale come out? Was that like 2006 or something? Like that was like, he's been Bond yeah. for a long time. Because 2008 was when Quantum came out. Yeah. Because we saw it. We yeah. saw Quantum. So I together. think. So I think like 2006. So he's been Bond for a long time. Like it is time for like this is his last film for sure. And it's well, considering it's time. Wait, I want you to think about that, too. He's been Bond for that would be 14 years. Yeah. And they've released this will be his fifth film. Yeah. They've done five Bond films in 13 years or 14 years. Yeah. They like to spread them out sometimes. <laughs> sometimes they're close together. Sometimes they're pretty spread out. But to be fair, this one was supposed to be released last year. So you also you also agree fun. with me that like each Bond film should be a solid standalone, and you shouldn't need to watch the others to make it make sense, right? Yeah, no, I I think Bond works better that way. Like he definitely works better as a um, anthology type, Rather where each than, story yeah. is its own. It's just the same Bond, right? Like. But because then you don't have any other strings connecting it. Like you can just tell the story you want to tell with Bond. 
And that was one of the things, like, I think every once in a while it's okay to have a connected one. I thought Casino Royale and Quantum would be connected. Those were the only two that'd be connected, right? Like, telling his kind of origin story type thing, and then they'd go back to, like, whatever. So that's why it's hyped for Skyfall. And that's what Skyfall appeared to be. But then again, like, Spectre, like, no, 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 no. It's all connected. I'm like, ah, you buggers, you... <sighs> okay, I guess it's all connected. But Skyfall is like actually, if you watch it by itself, it's the most standalone one. Yeah, there in his era, right? Minus Casino Royale because that was the first one. So, but Casino Royale was really good too. Like, so I'm just interested to see because I think I said this before. Like, for his films, I've really enjoyed like the odd numbers, like the one, the three, and now we're getting up to five. So I'm hoping. I enjoy five. Whereas two, yeah. Whereas two and four, I haven't been too hot on. I'm like, eh. Whereas they're all okay. I like I like Spectre a lot because it was a Bond film. Like Sky Skyfall and Spectre are my two favorites of his because they feel like James Bond. They're not yeah. trying to be a new thing that has his name. They are Bond, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm really curious about this. He new definitely one. comes into that character more in those ones. And that's why I'm really curious about this next one because this is going to be like the other one where it's like he is Bond. And it's wrapping it up. Like, I'm curious about that. Yeah. But again, I'm just excited about the next one. I, I really hope they're not silly enough to try and add, like, a passing the torch moment where it's, like, they have now, the Now, here's Bond the new character. Cameo. Yeah. I don't Well, need like, that. there's there's the one chick who's in... I can't remember her name, but she's in it. And she's actually 007, like, the job title, right? Because technically he's retired, I think, at this one. Which I'm yeah. like, dude, were you guys reading my script for... Uh, view to a queue because it's very the bond retired idea that's pretty similar but i also feel like that's an idea that's happened before so oh yeah (laughs) i'm pretty sure he's been retired a couple times and whatnot or well that's just where i'm hoping where i'm just hoping if they they bring in a new bond they just kind of like do whatever with it they just kind of do their own thing yeah don't worry about like well we have to make it make sense for people who haven't seen the others it has to be connected to the other search yeah no no i i think they'll go back to it like and not for and for just not any other reason than other than like it's a different actor right so like just change it up don't keep pretending it's the exact same bond do what you've always done like because you'll have like the bonds carry the m's and the q's along with them to new like eras of bond but it's clearly just totally separate stories like the whoever's the actor is they're just playing the character like as it is it doesn't mean that's what he looks like specifically so yeah just make it again just worry about making a good go back to your roots yeah go back to your roots i'm okay with that the other one is again like you said black widow just because it's been so long and she's she is i haven't taken my kid to a good marvel movie in a while now since (laughs) spider-man i guess was the last one that came out look black widow deserved to have her movie released back in like 2014 like it shouldn't it should not have taken this long to get a black widow movie no. No. like this is this is ridiculous at this point but i mean it is advance it is advancement right like forward progress still got to be has it been too long yes but it's good cuz we're making forward progress now cuz hollywood like it's a tough place to change right like and it's not all kevin feige's call like again we talked about this earlier like it's all about the money if they thought black widow would have made them a ton of money they would have been already made like a ton of movies of her, right? But now after Black Panther, after Captain Marvel, they're like, okay, okay, you know, black men, women can make money, which doesn't see, which seems insane. 
Like, but that's how they are, right? But uh, it's been too long. And then we'll get Shang-Chi after yep. that as well, which is uh, Asian-based, which is looking uh, very exciting. So, yeah, no, it's it's good to see... Per- it's good to see more types of people involved and represented in these films so they can also feel like a hero. No, exactly. Um, I, and I'm all for it. I'm just impatient. Yeah. But so and that's where it's, but I'm with you, man. I'm be, ready for it. I'm ready for it. Well, that's where I'd kind of be okay if they did the same thing with, that they did with Mulan where they release it on their streaming service for a bit. And then, yeah, Black Widow, I'd actually pay for Mulan. I did not want to because nope. that movie just didn't look good in general and nothing to do with anything else other than the film itself just didn't look bad. I love Mulan. Honestly, like the animated one is one of my favorites too. Dragon, not a lizard. I don't do that tongue thing. <laughs> dragon, dragon. What's a dragon? <laughs> uh, go wake the ancestors. <laughs> Man, that was great. I love Eddie Murphy. Funny. I recently rewatched that. And uh, it just it 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 held up. It, it held ages up to my well. It does. It does. It was good. Oh, you know what? I'll save that for the next episode because I just had it. You just remind me of some. I'll save it for the next episode. All right. Um, But yeah, no. So that's uh, that's your movie, Black Widow, as well. Right. And yeah, Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. What movie are you guys waiting for? Let us know. That's been delayed to 2021, 2022. Who knows how long? I know probably some are like fast nine. I think it is. I can't remember what number it is. But like that Wonder got delayed Woman, too, pushed back. Wonder Woman was another big one. I'm trying to think of like all the movies that got pushed because it's pretty much everything, right? Um, but let us know what movie are you waiting for to come out. Um, other than that, I would say that wraps up part one of episode 19. Uh, mm-hmm. Ethan, real quick, tell the good folks where they can find you. What do you, you got going can, on? You guys can find me on uh, Instagram at Ethan R Hill. Also on YouTube at Ethan R. Hill. Uh, and I think that's about it right now. Uh, you can go and still buy my film at realhouse.org. Search for Damned Rights. You can find it there to rent or buy to check out. And yeah, that's uh, pretty well it. What about you, Matthew? Where can they find you? Cool. You can find me on Twitter at uh, Storytellers, the number four with a capital L. Storytellers for L stands for Storytellers for Life, which is my YouTube channel. You can head on over there. It's under construction right now, so there's not actually anything there. You can subscribe because there's good stuff that's coming on the way. I'm almost done editing up uh, my final first videos, and uh, those will be, you know, it's going to be coming pretty soon. So either follow me on Twitter or go head over there. We're going to be talking about all things storytelling, and it's just going to be a great time. We're going to have lots and lots of fun. But uh, yeah, other than that, again, you guys subscribe if you're on YouTube and we're always going to have videos out every Monday, unless it's a special event and we like to switch things up just to keep you on your toes. That's or, the only reason. Special yeah, events. That's, that's it. That's literally it's just a special events. Uh, or you can, again, on the podcast app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Cast, um, Apple Podcasts, not Apple Cast, <laughs> Apple Cast, and, uh, you know, other podcast apps. Just look for feast of films and look for our beautiful animated faces and we'll be right there oh yeah other than that yeah other than that this has been episode 19 part one of a feast of films come back next week for part two which is my best picks of 2010 
I I'm at black. Be here for that. You uh, better be here. Don't. Don't. <laughs> I am Ethan R. Hill. Uh, tune in next week to hear Matt talk to himself because <laughs> I will not be present listening to his silly picks for 2010. <sighs> I'm Matt Black. I'm Ethan R. Hill. <laughs> Go to hell. <laughs> oh, that's... Love you, buddy. Anyway, Love you too, man. He'll that's be here. So, so sweet. Both of us will be here. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. Have, have a good week, everybody. <laughs> so long. No, no. It's I. I say have a good week, everybody. Okay. Bye bye. So long. Toodaloo. And that's it. That's all. And there we go. There we go. Money. <laughs>